Thank you so much for being here as we welcome in Adam Gillette. So first of all, can you tell us, and you're the president, obviously, of this Accuracy in Media Group. So tell us what's going on with with your life personally. I mean, you're taking the heat for this. Uh, for over a year, we've been battling radical anti-Semites on college campuses, first Berkeley Law, more recently Columbia, Penn, Harvard. And in response, we've been doxxed, we've been harassed on social media. I've gotten death threats, as has my wife, my parents, one of our staffers gets harassed. And we've now been swatted eight times, which is basically when they call local law enforcement and claim, in my case, the first time, that I had a gun to my wife's head. Mm. And then a half a dozen heavily armed officers show up, they go inside your home, and if you're not expecting that, which most people wouldn't, and if you move the wrong way, you might get killed. And so they they did this process by which it's it's swatting. So it's not only is it terrifying for you, your wife, your family, which is horrible enough, but as well, you know, for law enforcement to be called to someplace, actually a crime for them to do that, to call SWAT teams, for example, to send law enforcement and waste all those resources when they need to be keeping the community, when they need to be focused on their job, right, which is keeping the community safe. And so tell me why they're focusing on why you, Adam Gillette, why are they focused on you, your wife, your family? Obviously, they want to silence you. But what is the message that they're so threatened by? Well, what we do is we find the leaders of radical anti-Semitic organizations and essentially we amplify their message. So at Harvard, 30 different student groups signed a proclamation blaming Israel for the terrorist actions on October 7th. Israel was entirely responsible for the terrorist actions on October 7th. Now, these student leaders are all happy to get press coverage when they're doing non-controversial things, but when they do something as hateful and anti-Semitic as that, they don't want attention on themselves, so they kind of try to hide their names, right? Well, we send a mobile billboard to their campus with their names and photos, and it says things like, Harvard's leading anti-Semites, so that everyone can know who the anti-Semites are in their community and on their campus. And so the and I want uh, our executive producer Anthony Dorenzo pulled some audio, just an example, and I had retweeted this. If people want to follow you, follow you as well. But let's listen into some of some of your work trying to expose the situation. How are you doing today? I'm f-ing awful because you're here. This is defamation. This is libel, and you are responsible for all of this waste of money, energy, resources, and my education. Being brown does not equal being anti-Semitic. Being against Israel does not equal being anti-Semitic. Did we ever say that? Uh, well, half these people are just brown. Does that mean they're anti-Semitic? I didn't pick the ethnicity of the signers. You need to get the hell out of here, because they is evil. It's evil. Oh, these sound like some real lovelies uh, that you had to encounter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that my goodness. Columbia University, the tolerance, you could hear it in yeah. their voices. Nothing but uh, uh, inclusiveness and yeah. equity and diversity. Uh, viewpoints in their minds and in their hearts. Listen, these are wild, radical people. And when we bring our mobile billboards to these campuses, they've bashed our truck with a brick. They've spray-painted our truck and spray-painted me. They tried to assault my cameraman at Harvard, at Columbia. They weren't particularly friendly easier. And in addition to the mobile billboards, we buy their domain names. So, for example, we bought AmariButler.com. 
And when you go to their domains, we set up a little profile page for them so you can see exactly what they've done. Then we work with search optimization experts so that if anybody Googles them, one of the first results, if not the first result, will be the profile page explaining the anti-Semitism they got up to while in college. Yeah, it, I'm so thankful for for you, and I know that uh, on on X or formerly Twitter, you're on there, and people are just thanking you, saying you're doing the Lord's work. And you know, I have friends here in Philadelphia, as, as you know, you're going across the country where you think about the chilling effect that this whole situation has. What's disappointing. Adam, is the mainstream media just continues this this narrative and sort of victim blaming. We always hear about victim blaming. And here are these individuals who were civilians, their doors kicked in one day, October 7th, by by trained, you know, militia, terrorists, armed individuals who focused on their victims as families and babies and children and grandmas. And by the way, we still have hostages last time I checked. You know, it's amazing to me, Adam, that this goes on. And then right here in, in Philadelphia, where I'm broadcasting from, Odyssey World Headquarters, where we have a, a UPenn, a University of Pennsylvania student, who proclaimed that she felt empowered and happy that fateful day, October 7th, and was was on campus here. They've identified her as, and, and she's somebody who's actually from Jordan. She's apparently here on a student visa. I mean, I just have to wonder... Why in the world wouldn't we immediately, either as a, a city of Philadelphia, a state, a nation, say, hey, when these these individuals who are guests in our country, on our campuses, and they're on a visa, why wouldn't we just revoke their, say, go go back to Jordan then, you know, to, to come here and and just spew this hate on our, on our city, on our people? It's terrible. Yeah, and it's so funny because to your point about the media, they ask me, um, you know, they call me and they say, well, it's terrible that doxing is occurring. And I say, yes, they're sharing my phone number and my home address on social media left and right. And they say, no, 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 we mean the students that you're doxing. <laughs> well, we never dox any of them. We share their names and photos from their student newspaper. If it's good enough for the Harvard Crimson to publish it, I think it's okay for us to publish it. But again, victim blaming. And then they say, well, what about the potential threats of violence? And I have to explain to them, yeah, I've been swatted eight times. I've been assaulted. Our truck's been assaulted. Our cameraman's been assaulted. And they say, no, we mean the, the violence on campus. And I say, yes, the Jewish students are being assaulted. They say, well, no, we mean the Palestinian students. And I don't want violence towards anybody. So, you know, I ask them, well, well, that sounds terrible. Have there been any recorded incidents of that happening yet? And an Associated Press reporter told me, well, no, but they feel scared. And so ultimately, here you're trying to expose this. Can you take us through what happened to you? I mean, your home was was actually searched? Is that is that sure. so? Yeah, the first time that the, uh, the call was that uh, I had a gun to my wife's head. That was on October 27th at 2 a.m. And basically, you have a half dozen heavily armed officers show up at your home. Thankfully, someone gave them our door code so that they didn't have to bash down the door. And even more thankfully, my wife and I were out of state at a wedding. And they go inside your home, they check high and low, they've got the rifles and the body armor and everything. And if you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you're not expecting that, and you lean over to get, you know, grab your you know, uh, weapon because you want to defend yourself from burglars or home invaders, you might get shot. And quite frequently, you know, unfortunately, the more common tragedy is that they kill your dogs because the dog comes after them. They don't know what to do. 
And then that happened again two days later. The claim was that I shot my wife and another person in their home. After that time, they stopped sending the full SWAT team. Now they just send a couple officers. But the end result is my wife and I can't stay in our home because these threats and also because the fear that my local law enforcement is getting so desensitized to this mm-hmm. to the point that, well, what if I do have a real threat and call them? They might think it's another prank and they may not rush out there right away. Yeah, at some point, I have to wonder about that. I mean, at some point, uh, the the SWAT team there, if they're being, if somebody's reporting this, you would kind of think that somebody would get smart to that and say, "Oh, haven't we been called to this house before? And this is a this is a hoax, and we should go after." Usually, usually it's a crime if somebody plays a hoax on authorities, right? That's that's actually a crime. And so I just wonder why in Florida, the sheriff's office, and I know the media there in Florida has tried to question them about this on your behalf, but, you know, why why don't they go after who's playing a hoax on the officers to try to essentially harass you and your family? Yeah, to that end, just the act of swatting someone in Florida, you would get 20 years. In addition to all the other charges they would probably get, they'd get 20 years just for the swatting call, each and every one. Um, and to their credit, local law enforcement and some federal agencies are looking into it. The thing is, this happens on average 1,000 times a year, every year. This happens in America, which is just insane. And people have been shot because of it. Plenty of animals have been killed because of it. And all the while, the media runs around saying, well, these kids feel threatened. They're the victims. Uh, well, these kids were doxxed, even though we never doxxed anybody. They're the victims. It, to your point about victim blaming, the stories are never about my wife who can't spend the night in their own home. Her, the stories are about, you know, these uh, entitled brats on college campuses, these overindulged, um, overprivileged Ivy League students saying, oh, well, they feel a little scared, even though not a single incident, thankfully, of violence has occurred towards them that I know of. Yeah, and to to your point about, you know, your your mobile units, your trucks going around, you were on, your, one of those mobile trucks was actually on UPenn's campus locally and had a big picture on the the side of the, the truck where it was blasting our local president, Elizabeth McGill, picturing her on a, a big screen that read, condemn anti-Semitism on your campus or resign. To her credit, and, and I'll say to your credit, uh, she did come out with a big statement and condemning this whole thing. So may, maybe it was a combo of your your advertisement and your truck um, going around the billboard to call her out or to call you Penn out. But and as well, the donors like John Huntsman, whose building was projected with horrifying, you know, uh, hateful anti-Semitic messages, they were projecting it. But maybe that that was what helped. Uh, you pen to realize they need to make a statement. And so they did. Many criticized locally the fact that maybe it was a little bit too late, but at least they, they did, she did, and McGill herself released some strong statements condemning it. Do you feel some sense of satisfaction, Adam, that that happened and that she, she ultimately released quite a long, a lengthy statement condemning this? Well, we're having great success on a lot of campuses. I think the thing I'm most proud of uh, at Harvard, of the 30 student groups signed the anti-Semitic proclamation, 10 groups entirely retracted their signatures. And then a whole bunch of individual members hit us up and said, well, I'm the leader of this organization, or I was, but I don't like what they did, and I've now quit the organization, and I condemn it. And when that happens, we take them off our billboard immediately. We take down their website immediately. We believe in forgiveness. 
in addition at other campuses we've had that sort of thing happen and you've had harvard and some other campuses create anti-semitism task force now now you know honestly it's probably just to placate donors who know what who knows what actually comes of these task mm-hmm. forces but if they're forced to at least placate donors it means they're getting some real pressure and that means they realize they're under the gun and i think that's a win for us yeah, and I think you were also helpful in, in just highlighting the impact of this. I know that there is a civil rights complaint. I had reported that, I think, late last week, a civil rights complaint accusing a University of Pennsylvania as being a, quote, magnet for anti-Semites. What else are you hoping for? I mean, are you pushing for, for example, these all these student visas, and we don't have the exact numbers on how many individuals um, who are promoting these anti-Semitic, you know, and, and really they're, they're promoting violence ultimately. But are, are you pushing, for example, for having their visas revoked? Or what, what other kinds of things are you trying to highlight here to, to actually produce either that people become enlightened or for action? You know, ultimately, I like using this as deterrence. I yeah. like doing this to make it clear to people that, Horrible, hateful, racist, anti-Semitic actions aren't allowed in our polite society. Uh, you know, I think that's the best kind of thing because they've so normalized these sorts of actions. They've so normalized anti-Semitism at college campus. You know, this didn't come up out of nowhere. I've been seeing it get worse and worse on these campuses since when I was in college and before that. And the real problem has been so many, and conservatives are guilty of this too at times, I think. So many conservatives and so many Jews are just content to, well, yeah, these people hate me, but I'm just going to go to class and I'm going to be nice to everybody and I'm going to graduate and I'm not going to worry about this nonsense. Well, that sort of attitude doesn't work with a bully. You know, just trying to solve this by being kind to them and showing them that we're not evil people. We should be kind to everyone, but that kind of attitude doesn't send the right signals to a bully. They view kindness as weakness. So now that they're finally going to get repercussions for their actions, I think they're going to wisen up on many campuses and cut this nonsense out because they realize that there are going to be ramifications. Yeah, and I love that to show, and that's the bottom line here. That you're you're exactly right, Adam. That ultimately there ha- there has to be a consequence, not just you know at one one Ivy League school like here at UPenn, but across the country. I, I have you have you heard anything about that? As far as I mean, I know that locally we have federal and the feds have been brought in to investigate. So there there is a concern, and they are investigating, but they haven't said what the outcome would be. In other words, would these individuals face, you know, civil rights uh, charges, federal charges? Have you heard anything about about that as far as what they would face? Well, you know, those who are just making anti-Semitic claims or anti-Semitic remarks, I don't want them to face direct repercussions Mm -hmm. legally for their Mm -hmm. bad speech. I think they should be allowed to say all the horrible, hateful things they want to say. One of the great benefits of living in a society that allows for free speech is it lets us know who the horrible racists are. Mm-hmm. If we entirely prohibited them from saying these things, we might never know that they were anti-Semites. And yeah. like I said, I think it's very important for people to know who the anti-Semites are amongst them. So ultimately, I don't want them to have any legal repercussions aside from the ones who threaten my life, threaten my uh, wife's life, harass my parents, harass my staff, swat us eight times. Yeah, I want some repercussions for that. But for those who just said horrible anti-Semitic things, I don't want legal repercussions for them. I when I hear people saying of oh well we've got to you know clamp down on their speech and whatnot, I'm not for that at all. Yeah, Adam Glad, I I really just appreciate you. You're the president of Accuracy in Media. So if anybody wants to follow you, 
Uh, they know where to find you. And your description of yourself, as I look at you on X, is young enough to understand the value of social media, old enough to want you off of my lawn. <laughs> and so ultimately, you're not kidding there. I mean, you've you've had people just stalk you, essentially, try to bully you, try to silence you. We, you know, thank you for your courage and for being somebody, hopefully, hopefully you have an educational and enlightening effect on people as maybe they'll start realizing what's really going on here. Do you feel like you're making a difference as far as in universities and going to these campuses, Adam? Unquestionably, particularly because you know you're, you're flying over the target when they start shooting at you. And the fact that we get the kind of response that we get from these horrible, hateful, crazy people like you played in that audio clip yeah. shows that we're definitely flying over the target. And what I especially love are the messages not only of support, which are nice, but the messages from people um, on social media where they tell me they're inspiring them to be proud and stand up for um, their beliefs and for their ethnicity and for their religion. I love that. You know, I think we need a whole generation of young um, lovers of freedom and liberty, a whole generation of lovers of Western civilization, regardless of the religion, who will go out and stand up for what we believe in instead of just kowtowing and trying to make nice with these bullies. We should be kind to everyone, but bullies only see kindness as weakness. You know, Adam, as somebody who you know, you're, you're looking at accuracy in media and you're examining that, and we've seen, obviously, the bias in media as far as certainly uh, with politics. But have even you been surprised by this anti-Semitic wave that I think a lot of people did not realize existed or has been tapped into? You know, I haven't been surprised at all. Uh, I've been training college activists on college campuses um, in, gosh, I've done this in 48 states, two Canadian provinces, uh, Mexico City. I've been doing that for about 20 years. And every campus I ever show up at, the first thing they tell me is, well, you don't know how crazy it is here. It's wild. And that's, then I go to the next campus and they tell me the same thing. And at the next campus, they tell me the same thing. And everybody says, well, you know, I think my alma mater's gotten pretty wacko. And I'm like, listen, unless you went to Harvard, or I'm sorry, unless you went to Hillsdale or Liberty, all of these campuses have gone completely wacko. You know, it can be different if you're in the engineering school, at the architecture school, maybe. But if you're not in one of those majors, yeah, you're going to see this nonsense everywhere. And it's honestly, for that reason, I don't think anybody should be donating to their alma mater. I don't care where you went. It's unbelievable. Tell me what is up next for you. Where are you headed and what's your next uh, mission? Sure. We're going to be visiting two new East Coast universities this week and putting frowns in the faces of bad people, and then starting to hit the West Coast as well. In addition, we'll be releasing some more hidden camera investigative journalism videos from our investigations into public education. And uh, I think we're going to continue shining the light on these cockroaches and making them scatter. Thank you. Well, Adam Gallette, thank you so much. Accuracy in media president. Uh, everybody say a prayer for Adam. Safe travels. Be safe, my friend. And I hope we can talk again and, and you can update us on your great work. Well, thank you so much for having me.